When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Mayhem Sale and get up to half price off big brand vitamins and cosmetics. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's real. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's real. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Yes, good morning. Izzy Kempi for breakfast on ESCNZ. We've got Ricardo Ball back in the hot seat. Joey Neeps in the kitchen, keeping it alight. And you've got Aroha keeping us up to date with the news. It's hard to really get up for this, lads. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be completely honest, um, but we gotta carry on. But uh, the news yesterday that my good mate Billy Guyton passed away. Um, Played uh, played a couple of years with Billy, and he's only 32 years of age. Crusader, Blues, Hurricane, Māori All Blacks, North Otago and Tasman. Um, played 52 games for the Mako. He's a father, son and a, and a friend, and he passed away at the age of 32. Um, from the Waimati area, and I just want to send all my love and condolences to all his family, especially his young daughter, who lost her dad um, yesterday. And there's plenty of um, helplines out there if you are struggling. It's uh, huge news and sad news. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to to swallow, uh, Kempi. It is. He's been struggling for a couple of years and um, finally gave in. Yeah, it is. It is a it is a tough one. Is and uh, I send send our condolences out to everyone that's involved, especially his whanau, um that are dealing with. The tragic news that came out yesterday afternoon about young Billy, uh, and you know a lot of us have been touched by losing people so young. It is a a hard place to sit, especially um, when it is so raw and I guess it's uh, so fresh in your mind. So um, thoughts go out to you too today, brother, for fronting up and sitting here and getting through the show, um, but especially to everyone that uh, is closely connected to. To Billy and and yeah, mate, this is a, a really hard hard thing to do is to sit there and find find the words to try and express how you're actually feeling. But 
I've always felt in these situations that it's really hard to do that. Um, mm. And, you know, I've pursed my personal... Uh, I lost two brothers to suicide, and the, my own personal belief on it is that you've got to uh, remember them in the best way possible, otherwise it sort of just brings you down. Yeah. You know, it, ta- it, takes yeah. you, it takes you so long to get out of it. And I remember when Phil passed away... Um, my older brother, they, they basically they contacted me and I just I couldn't deal with it, and I had to deal with it, you know, for a few months on my own before I decided. Well, you know, I'm, I want to remember him for who he was, not not you know the um, the young bloke that I didn't get a chance to grow up with. I often think about him now, mate, as a fifty year old, what we would be doing today, you know, and mm. we would be having loads of fun because he was so much fun, mate. You know, and that's yeah. how I'd like to think about that when you lose someone so young. Is this you know, those times that you used to hang out? Man, I'll never forget. I'll tell a story. I'll tell the story because this is actually quite a funny story. <laughs> we used to we used to wash dishes. Yeah, that was our job. We used to wash dishes. It was me, him, <laughs> and my other brother. And and Phil was tough, mate. Like he was tough, and we used to argue, but we couldn't argue too loud because the old man would hear us. He give us a hiding. You know, so it was one of those one of those <laughs> things like, mate, if we talk too loud, we're going to get a hiding anyway. And if we're going to fight, we're going to do Marcel Marceau fighting. There's no, like, making any noise because we're going to get another one anyway. So, I mean, I remember me and Puck and Phil were doing the dishes. I was drying, Puck was stacking, and Phil was washing. And Phil and Puck are arguing next to each other, and I'm stuck in the middle. And I knew <laughs> Phil was going to, get, going to get him. And Puck picked up the fry pan to hit Phil with the fry pan, but Phil was looking in the window and could see his reflection, and I could see it too. And as he lifted his hand up to hit him, Phil turned around and hit him right in the nose, <laughs> right in the nose. And I started to laugh because I thought, mate, what were you looking at? Could you not see the reflection in the window? But all of that was done in silence. Puck never cried. Like, he, like he, his eyes were watering. <laughs> Phil was just going, looking at him going, you better not do that again. And I'm laughing under my breath, mate. And my dad sort of knew something was going on. He goes, what's going on? And uh, I yelled out, nothing, Dad. We're just doing the dishes. <laughs> so, Brotherly mate, love. Oh, so much, so much fun, mate. But I, I do, you know, I, I guess yeah. in these times it's, um, it's really important to – to put a smile back on your face because it's so yeah. easy to get down and in the dumps on yourself. Um, so I do, mate. I send uh, send my aroha out to you and all the boys that um, have spent some time with Billy, especially the ones that know I'm, know I'm so well. So um, just remember those those good days as much as uh, how, t- how tough it is to get through, I guess, the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I remember him as a, a funny character. Oh, he was interesting. Old Bilbo, we used to call him. And, uh, mate, he was a good player. He was an even better champion off the field. So much time for his whanau, uh, everyone else, and just an interesting character. From Waimati, mate. From Waimati down the south there. So, yeah, I love what you say, Kempi. You just you remember him for the smile and, and the energy that he brought and, and everything like that. Uh, but I'm just going to rattle off a couple of these numbers. Lifeline 0800 543 Depression Helpline 0800 111 And Healthline 0800 611 There's plenty of help out there if you are struggling. Please don't do it alone. And uh, your loved ones and your friends, they'll be right there. To, to support you through those tough times. But, uh, yeah, just my love and condolence goes out to Billy Guyton's whānau and friends 
uh, for the tragic news uh, yesterday with his passing. Young, 32 years of age. Kempi, big show today, my friend. What do we got coming up, butter? Mate, we're going to go to the NBA and talk to Seth Partner, a good friend of the shows. He's going to just talk through... Uh, Tatum, 50 points yesterday. I watched that game, uh, the Phillies and Celtic, mm. and it was all Phillies in the first sort of quarter, then Celtic just went on a run, mate, and uh, Tatum was on absolute fire. So Seth will give us his thoughts on that. Storm Purvis will come out after 8 o'clock talking about the nipple because we're just about, I think it's two games away from the finals. Can the Pulse continue to stay at top? It's a pretty close competition, that one, so good to get her uh, her thoughts on where she thinks that going. Ivan Vissilic, the football for with football, because Auckland City football are the Oceania football. Um, they're going to the Champions League to play for that to see if they can they can top that off. Rick Dog uh, is big on football, so we have plenty to chat there. And don't forget, we're giving away that twelve hundred dollar uh, Alexandra package, which is up for grabs. So you get your chance to dial in later this morning to put yourself in that draw and take all your mates along the Alexandra Park. I reckon it's the best place in Auckland uh, to watch <laughs> racing, whether you're watching it live or you're sitting downstairs having a feed watching the TVs because they've got it set up like a movie theatre down the bottom there and uh, and a fireplace and everything there. So if you haven't been to Alexandra Park, get yourself along there anyway. Um, and just a big shout-out to Lisa Carrington. Of course, Dame Lisa mm-hmm. Carrington picking up her second gold medal yesterday along with Alicia Hoskin. And if you haven't seen that, footage yet of them two going across the finish line, especially especially Alicia, Alicia Hoskin and the way that she was holding it together. For Lisa, it's her 5,000th medal, but for Alicia, <laughs> it's her gold medal, and you could tell on her face that she was so happy to get there, but she was holding it back because she didn't know how to handle it because well, Dame Lisa Carrington was like, hey, just get used to it. We're winning gold no matter what. So big shout-out to those girls. Mate, lots more love racing, yes. talking to Paulie. I'm still chasing that $50 bonus bet. Paulie Mawadi, come to the party and put it in Kempi's <laughs> account too. Not just the blokes to turn left on that aeroplane. But big show, brother. <laughs> awesome, mate. Awesome. Oh, I hope you get that bonus bet. Kempi's kicker on Thursday. We want to get someone out there paid. So make sure Thursday between 7 and 8, giving one of our listeners a chance to go with Kempi and myself. And you got you picked a tip. You got a hot tip. We'll throw in the cash, and we go halves, and we go halves. And that uh, Paul Johnson yesterday, well, uh, last week he won 140 bucks. How good! So there you go, mate, we, a seven dollar winner, <laughs> mate. And we were looking really good with the one on Saturday, and uh, it came around the corner, and it just happened to be in a race where there was five other horses that decided to run right next to it and uh, try and beat it, and. Uh, into into first place, uh, Mr. Mojo Rising. I think it ran fifth in the end, but when it came around that bend, I was thinking, mate, we're on fire here. It looks like it's going to go r- <laughs> real close and get the win. So if you are in Kempe's Kicker on Thursday, make sure you do your homework. And we'll uh, we'll pick one of your one of your bets to chuck a fifty dollar bonus bet on. And like, is he? Well, that, that was Louis' tip, wasn't it? Mr. Mojo Rising. Well, it was a few people's tip. You know, it was a, it was yeah. coming out. Um, one over here, well, and then obviously taken over to Australia. Um, first up, what we should have done was we should have whacked it all on carbonatus. That's what we should have done. <laughs> but uh, no, this we've got to go with the punter and what they say. So check your bets out. Kempi's kicker Thursday. Your chance to win some hard earned from Izzy and Kempi.
Beautiful. Ricardo, welcome back, mate. You had uh, the Monday off, well-earned, well-deserved. How you doing, brother? Monday off, bro. I, I produced Smithy. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, good, brother. Good good, good, good to be back. Good to be back uh, with, with the breakfast boys, mate. Uh, up bright and early this morning. Actually, I did one of those where you go, you know, you, you don't want to sleep in. And I know I'd set, mm. I knew I'd set my alarm, but I kind of woke up and went, shit, what time is it? And then rolled over and looked at my phone, and it was like two minutes to four. And I was just like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. so my alarm set for quarter past four. I was like, oh, I, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to get up now. There's no point in trying to go back to sleep now. There's no point. So, yeah, no, there's nothing worse. Oh. It's, it's the best is when you wake up and you're like, I'll check the time here. 12.07. That was me last <laughs> night. I was like, 12.07. I was like, yes, got a couple more hours here. So good. Solid, mate. Solid. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh. So, no, so good. So good. I had that. Uh, I don't know if you guys have this, but, uh, you know, we love our partners. We do. But sometimes they drive you a bit mad. Um, mm, so we've mm. got uh, <laughs> next next to the bed. We've got a like a, a, a switch, uh, like a, what do you call it, a multi-board that's got our chargers and everything plugged into it. And I always plug in before I go to bed so because the phone's right there. It's got my alarm on it. I want to make sure my phone's fully charged for the next day. Oh. For some reason, my partner's decided, started deciding she's turning that off at the wall. And oh. I'm like, oh, now, no. And you got I'm a like, flat phone. Uh, well, no, luckily I noticed because I plugged it in and I didn't hear it buzz. I was like, what's going on here? And I said to her, I said, what are you doing that for? She goes, oh, well, you know, because otherwise it wastes electricity if you leave it on. And I'm like, regardless of that, whether you agree or disagree with that, this is the same person that I'll come home today and I'll walk into the kitchen and the oven will be on at the wall, the toaster will still be plugged in and still be on at the wall, the smoothie shaker will be plugged in and still turned on at the wall, but no, in the bedroom, she's got to turn that one off, the one that charges the bloody phones. Jeez. You'd be smart here. You won't win that fight, Rick. You won't That's win right. that fight. That's why I'm saying Pick this at battles. quarter past six in the morning because I know she's still asleep. <laughs> Oh, nothing worse. Oh. Than, nothing worse than missing that alarm, mate. Oh, nothing, mate. <laughs> nothing. So yeah, so no, I managed to dodge that. So I avoided avoided the flat phone, which is uh, which is good. But no, good to be back, boys. Good to be back. And uh, I've got a can't wait question of the day for you. Are you are you ready for mm. this, Neeps? I'm ready. Uh, I don't know if Neeps you there is. He's talking to Joe. Are you ready? Oh, can't, can't wait. Question of the day. <laughs> Six months ago, the All Blacks starting 10 discussion was a toss-up between Richie Moanga and Bowden Barrett. But the emergence of DMAC and Barrett's lack of form for the Blues this season, is he in danger of missing out on the All Black squad for the Rugby World Cup? Whoa. Because you've got to say that Sean Stevenson and Will Jordan are probably better prospects at fullback. Thoughts, yeah. gentlemen? What do you reckon, is he? Oof, 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 oof. Can I sit on it for a bit, or you want me to answer No, now? no, you can sit on it if you like. What, what about you, Kempe? What do you reckon? Well, mate, it's a, it's a big call. Like yesterday when Izzy mentioned that, and uh, we had, had all the texters coming in and saying about Barrett's form, I started to wonder about how clear his head is with the injuries and stuff like that, you know, because he's, he's got a few knocks, mm -hmm. and um, as we saw, we sort of saw Sean Johnson go through the same thing in rugby league when he, when he broke his ankle. And and thank God, you know, this year he's come back and he's back to nearly his best um, form. Is it one of those things where he just can't get over that hump? That's the only problem I got. And and talking to a lot of people about the makeup of the All Black team and the numbers that they're going to take, I'll be really disappointed if they don't take Sean 
um, Stevenson, or they or they leave that good um, Waikato winger out. You know what I mean? Or mm. it costs Lester Fuanuku, who's just on absolute fire, a position because you're going to take him because he done it for us before. You know, and I don't think um, look, I know myself because you, you want to play in World Cups and you want to make that squad to get there. If you if you take players based on you know past performances and they don't perform, well. Fozzie really hasn't got anything to lose, has he? Because he's already lost mm. his job. So yeah. he's, I reckon, I reckon Fozzie, because of that, is he? He'll probably take him. He'll take him. He'll take him. Oh, he won't leave him. 100%. He won't leave him. He's very loyal. And this just rings similarities to a, a certain situation. You think back to 2015, who was playing horrible throughout the Super Rugby? <laughs> I'm not Daniel saying. Daniel Carter. Yeah. Daniel Carter. Was ridiculed with injuries. He didn't have any form. Didn't have anything going for him. Went to the World Cup. Got Player of the Year. Kicked the winning goal. Was just hands down the best player at the Rugby World Cup 2015. So that gives me a glimmer of hope. But I like what you're saying, Kempi. I think there's a little bit something there with his body and his mind with the concussions. Yeah. Because on the weekend, he was passing 5 to 10 metres behind the defensive line. And when you're doing that, you're attracting no attention and you're really setting up the outsides to, to run at a brick wall. Late in that game, late in that piece, he started attacking. It was a bit late. It was too late uh, towards the end of the game. The game was already won, but he started attacking. He started opening them up. You know, just really going that line and then at the last minute stepping off his foot and going on the outside and trying to draw that second defender in. And then he'd pop a little short ball and they started getting real good gains there. So... For me, for Bowden, it's a, it's a simple fix if he's just got to get clear in his mind and understand what kind of game he's playing. I, I think they just got mis- mixed messages last week. They, they picked Zahn Sullivan because they wanted to play a tactical territory game. Here's a kicker. Here's a 15 that can kick really well. And when you've got that in your mind and you plan for that every week, you kind of lose focus of the opportunities in front of you because you're just thinking, okay, the coaches have said I've got to kick here, so we're just going to kick willy-nilly. So their plan didn't come off, and then that last 20 minutes, they started opening up the Crusaders. Um, he's under a lot of pressure, if I'll be completely honest. I think our form 10 at the moment is D-Mac, and D-Mac showing signs here. And, uh, and then it goes Richie, and then it goes Bodie. But uh, I say this with a lot of confidence. Do not write Bowden Bear off, because a lot of people wrote DC off in 2015, and he went over and, and did what we needed to do. So do not lose confidence, but um, I can understand why people are a little bit shy, mm. gun-shy. From the situation. Let us know. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Our can't wait question of the day. Six months ago, the All Black starting 10 discussion was a toss up between Richie Moonga and Bowden Barrett. But with the emergence of D Mac Barrett's lack of form for the Blues this season, he is danger of missing the AB's squad for Rugby World Cup. We'd love to hear from you. 0800 150 on the phone line. Yes, welcome back. It's 26 past 6 on a Tuesday, the 16th of May. And Ricardo, your answer to that can't wait question of the day? I think there's two answers here. And one is, what's, what do you think Fozzie's going to do and what would you do, right? And yep. and I think Fozzie will take him. Fozzie, yep. you know, and I, I, have a, I have a horrible feeling that someone like Sean Stevenson's going to miss out um, because of the numbers that they can take and how many outside backs they'll end up taking. So that's what I think. What would I do? I I'd be very tempted not to take him, uh, but then who is your third choice with Stephen Petafeta out injured for the season? Who is your third choice ten? Um, you don't really have another option unless you go like a 
do you go a Brett Cameron or an Aidan Morgan? Those are probably your only other options, and I, I don't know. So I think he almost gets it by default. Yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely gone. Yeah, I can understand the apprehension there and, and why, but um, someone's come through with a message, regardless if he's in the starting 15 or not, Bowden Barrett will be involved in every game. Too much class from Chris. Chris. And uh, the experience here, but it just depends. I hope for the life of me that I know with the, if he's taking Richie and he's taking Bowden, he's got in his mind that he needs to play them both at once. And I do not want to see that. We need an out-and-out 15 to be out there. And right now, that is Will Jordan. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I'm a little bit worried about that, Kempe. Just what's his thought process around, I need them both out there. So how can I fulfil that? And uh, we, I just don't want to go there. We said it didn't work over in, in Japan. And uh, I just I would love to see Will Jordan just really cement that spot at 15. And the problem that he's got is he doesn't get the luxury to roll through Namibia and, you know, Kenya and those type of teams. He's from day one, got a, he's back against the wall. So the side that he selects to play France in the opening game to get them through to Ireland... If that's the case, um, you got to you got to pick your best team right from the start. Mm. Like you can't you can't yep. muck around with your selections and go, oh, you'll we'll get this we'll get this up if we don't win the, one, the this one against France, we'll get the next one. Well, you just you possibly couldn't even make the quarters or the semis, you know. So, I think it's really important that they do that. Is he um, pick pick the best players in the best positions? And if Will Jordan is our yep. best fullback, yep. then Will Jordan should start there. Like it's a World Cup, it's yep. a tournament. You need it. You you, yep. you don't get the luxury of playing. You know, test after test after test. Yeah, it's it's actually it's changed, hasn't it, Izzy? Because I, I I remember the All Blacks. The you know basically they're wanting to have two playmakers, and they decided that the second playmaker is going to be the fifteen. It used to be the second yep. playmaker was the second five. Remember, Aaron Major played so mm. much like a ten when he was in the twelve jersey for the All Blacks. I mean, under Razor, it's different, isn't it? Because that's what the the role David Havili plays for the Crusaders. Mm. He plays a, an out and out fullback in Will Jordan, and then the second creative player or second playmaker, if you like, is the twelve. So it'd be interesting to see what the All Blacks look like under him, because I doubt you'd see a, a ten like a D Mac or a Bowden Barrett playing starting at fifteen anyway in an All Black test. See, uh, it's it's ability, it's ability to have a double sided attack yeah. as well, and you want your playmakers. In their AKMP, like you, you want your playmakers right. to have their hands on the ball as many times as possible. And at the moment, we've struggled with our double sided attack. We've been so predictable, going the same way, going the same way, forwards around the corner. We need some variation there. And I'm just a little bit, because like you said, Kimpy, look, um, Fozzie, you know, he's, he's finishing. So, what kind of mindset is Fozzie in to have a risk, to go out on a limb? Do something different, knowing that, well, he can't really lose. Yes, the All Blacks could lose his World Cup, but he's lost his job. So, you know, what kind of mindset is he in to be adventurous and go out and try something different? I hope so. I absolutely hope so, Kempe. Yeah, I, look, I, I I think so too because, you know, that's a, that's the similarity between rugby league and, and rugby union at the moment is that the system is actually pretty similar with the, with the lead runners and the sweepers. But in, in rugby union, that 10 like that you just talked about, Rick, is where that sweeper needs to be across both sides of the field. They've got to get there really quick too. Mm. They don't have the luxury of, of being a left and a right um, half like they do in rugby league. They've got so much movement about them, the 10 and the 15. I actually quite like it when you've got a 12 that can play in that role 
but you can't do yep. that with Geordie Barrett because he's a big he's a big body. You need him to be be running lines, you know, and taking the pressure off those um, those ball carriers. So getting someone like a Will Jordan in there alongside a D Mac um, or Richie Mawonga, for instance, I think is critical to the to the shape of the All Blacks attack. You know, and of course, what that what that means is that rush defence is always in two minds if they get the people in the right place. You know, if you're playing too far back, like you just said, you know, yep. well, one thing with Bodie Barrett. So if I was a defensive coach, if Bodie Barrett's playing that far back to, against my defensive line, thank God, that's what you want because it's easier yep. to read. Yeah, it's playing into your hand, isn't it, Kempe? We've got a caller on the line, Toby from Auckland. We've got to shoot off. We'll come back and we'll get some headlines with Ricardo, and then we'll get to that caller. And we've got a couple of messages on the Temper Bedpost text machine to get through. Double eight, double three. Let us know your thoughts. The 10 debate. It is hot. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Time for some sports headlines for you. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. And uh, one thing that has been true throughout Matt Brown's lengthy UFC career is that he's a fighter with one goal in mind when he steps into the octagon, and that's to finish fights with a knockout. Saturday, the 42-year-old picked up his UFC record-tying 13th career knockout, stopping Court McGee in the fourth round of the welterweight fight. Brown, who has been with the UFC since 2008, it's 15 years in the octagon, picked up his first knockout uh, with them in his debut fight uh, back then on the Ultimate Fighter 17 finale card. Uh, it's his third successive UFC Fight Night bonus award as well. Matt Brown's still going good at the age of 42, boys. You, you fit, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, at 42, <laughs> no are, you, are you still jumping in the octagon at 42? No. I wouldn't yeah, get out. No. But I was 22. <laughs> Neat neat you would be. 42. Yeah, oh, mate, 42. I'll, I'll still be scrapping. Do you know, so his fighter name is The Immortal. Do you know why he's called The Immortal? Why is he called The Immortal? Because he's legally died twice and came back to life. He's legally died twice and and been resuscitated, and now he's got almost the most knockouts in UFC history. What a bad man. A bad man. He sounds like a superhero. You're a scrapper, are you, Nate? You're a bit of a scrapper. I've never been in a fight in my life, and I'll run the other direction. (laughs) (laughs) Win every fight by 100 metres. Now, uh, not, uh, uh, not happy with just taking the Raiders off Oakland. It looks like the Oakland A's, the Oakland Athletics, might be moving to Las Vegas as well. They've reached an agreement to put their new ballpark on the side of the old Tropicana property on the Las Vegas Strip. Uh, that was announced on Monday night. Uh, plans wow. for a 30,000 seat ballpark uh, that should draw two and, a, two and a half million people a year. Uh, they reckon the uh, cost of the stadium is about $1.5 billion, $395 million, and that will come from the uh, Las Vegas public funding. And under the agreement, they'll have about nine is that, acres. Is that what they call it? Public funding. Public funding, <laughs> yeah. 35-acre uh, parcel in, on the Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana Avenue for the A's related stadium authority. Before ground can be broken, they've got to get uh, the approval for that public financing, and they also need to get Major League Baseball approval for the A's to leave Oakland. But it looks like uh, Oakland, the only team they're going to have left is the Golden State Warriors. Everyone else is leaving town. There you go. Those are wow. your sports news headlines, gentlemen. Uh, thanks very much to uh, trade, uh, Trades and Builders. Power your business through Bunnings Trade Power Pass.
Beautiful, beautiful. Man, everyone's going to Las Vegas. We missed that boat, Kempi. That would have been a hell of a ride to, to jump on. Sevens have been there. NRL's supposed to be going <laughs> there, Kempi. Well, that's right. And, you know, they might want us to go up there and call it, Izzy. You can come along and do sideline eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they'd let us two go together. No, <laughs> As if you thought Beaver and Izzy was a dangerous duo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, wait yeah. till that is, lads. You'll be you'll be laughing out of your socks looking at these historians travelling around the south of France. Anyway, um, a message coming through from Joey Morning Legends. Let's call the Philly captain and ask him about Jason Tatum's fifty-one points yesterday. Wow. Seth Partnow is going to talk to us about that, but Philly Kitten, oh, he said, rip into them, lads, on our Twitter. He said, rip into them, they deserve it. Might be a little vocal. Foster will play Barrett as Will Jordan on form. Will not go to the World Cup, is he, on the back of a couple of games? If we are picking on DMAC, can play 15, Richie 10, and Barrett on the bench. That is from Joe. He'll go, Joe. Yeah, he'll go. I heard a wish. I heard a wee conversation saying... You don't have to play Will Jordan. You'll be at the World Cup. Probably the worst person you could say that to because he'll play golf every day if he heard that. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be going to the World Cup. Joey from Gizzy. But appreciate your message. Uh, there is plenty to get through there, but we've got to shoot off because we've got Quizzy Dad coming up, lads. And uh, we've got an absolute doozy for you today. A $50 TAB bonus bet. If you get stuck, Kempe's cryptic clues will help you get through. 0800-150-811. The phone line is ready for you to give us a call. Call us now. And if you are a new caller, well, you might have a good chance of winning this $50 TAB bonus bet. Call now. This is how you do it, Quizzy Dad, come play it. This is how we do it, Quizzy Dad, come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie, phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs, T.I.B. with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, welcome back. Quizzy Dag, $50 TAB bonus bet up for grabs. Question number one for Mark from Tauranga, who's actually in Christchurch at the moment. How you doing, Marky? Uh, pretty bloody cold, is he, to be fair? <laughs> <laughs> hey, wrap up, mate. Wrap up. You'll be all right. She's not too bad out there. It looks like a bluebird day, so we're going to get a, some good weather today for our little lunch. Excursion later on this morning, mate. Uh, question number one, Marky. Who was top scorer in yesterday's conference semi-final between the Phillies captains, 76ers, and the Boston Celtics? I've got no idea, so I might need a clue there. <laughs> I was raising a tantrum. 51 of them. All right, Marky. <laughs> oh. All right, Marky. See you later, mate. See you later on. Simon from Auckland. Morning, boys. How you doing, Ma uh, Simon? You all good? Good, mate. Yeah. All good. All good. Who got the highest score in yesterday's uh, NBA playoff? 
Jason Tatum, 51 points. Question number two, Mount Smart Stadium has just secured new naming rights. What will be the stadium now, what will the stadium now be known as? Oh, I saw that on the news. Um, was it Go Media? Yeah, I'll give you that. Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart. Well done. Question number three, how many times has the series been drawn in the state of origin? Ooh. Any clues on that one? Yeah, less than 10. <laughs> 10. Uh, I'll go 7. 7 is incorrect. Sorry, Simon. Have a good day, mate. 0800 150 There's a couple of spots still available if you want to have a crack at Quizzy Dag. Brenton from yeah. Auckland. Morning. Hey, brother. <laughs> what was that, mate? You're getting a bit of help in the background, are you? Oh good. How many times has the series been drawn in State of Origin? I think it's two, mate. Okay. Two is correct. Ninety nine in two thousand and two. Great guess. Hell of a guess. Thanks, mate. Question question number four. Which team was officially relegated from the EPL over the weekend? Sorry, I didn't hear the start of that. Like, I cut out for a bit. Which team was officially relegated from the EPL over the weekend? Um, I don't know. Do I have a car phone uh, friend, Kenby? Well, yep. Uh, a ship came into the harbour. Oh, I, don't, I don't Is it someone like Bournemouth or something? I don't know. Crypt. <laughs> <laughs> Cryptic Kempi It's not Bournemouth Sorry mate Have a good day Lammy How you doing? <laughs> oh good Morning Kempi How you guys? <laughs> Morning everybody <laughs> All good Which hey, team hang on, hang on. officially relegated? What do you got? Yeah, I'm just oh, finishing Googling uh, No one <laughs> Southampton you Googler Alright Question number five All Black Sevens coach Clark Laylaw oh. played internationally for which country? Oh, I don't know, mate. I'll go to Scotland. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That is correct. Oh. That is correct. Oh, first one of the year, brother. Thank you very much. <laughs> All good, Lavi. $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way, mate. Save it for Thursdays. Kempi's kicker. Have a double whammy there. So good luck. Thank you to all our callers that called through. There was plenty there. John from Masterton, he's a new caller. We'll get to you tomorrow, mate. So make sure you give us a call, 0800-150-811. We've got Kempi's Love Racing Update coming up on the line, and there's a few messages there on the Temper Bed Post text machine that we'll get through as well. Back soon. Yes, it's 6.54. You can call us anytime, 0800 We've got a load of texts to get through um, today. Lots of people coming in. Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. I just want to give this young bloke a shout-out. He's 21-year-old Curtis Pertab, who went on gavel.com as a young trainer. He's got his licence, bought a $500 horse off there from Mary Chittick. They couldn't get this 
horse going by the name of Posey and on Saturday came out and won the listed Campbell Infrastructure Rotorua Cup over 2,200 metres. He spent 500 bucks. He's now got black type. He's won $85,000 with that horse since changing hands out of the Ocean Park mare. And guess what, Izzy? He got black type and that mare today is worth a hell of a lot more than just the 500 bucks <laughs> that he has paid. So a young, awesome. a young trainer, Curtis Burtab, uh, big congratulations to you, mate. And just a couple of comments he said, I knew Poser from when I was involved in breaking her in and taking her through to the trials for her breeder, Mary Chittick. Uh, things didn't work out for her after that, but when I saw her up on Gavel House this time last year, I thought she was worth a punt and bought her for what wasn't much at all. And that wasn't much at all was $500 of his hard-earned money, That's the 21-year-old that is now out getting the trainers. He's had some winners since that, obviously. He's gone out, uh, he's had 11, 11 winners so far in his young career. So a name to look at, um, Curtis Pertab, who's out there on his own uh, training some winners and picking up the Rotorua Cup on the weekend. And we've spoken about this a bit too lately, is, um, and how our, our trainers and our, I guess our jockeys haven't been recognised as sport sporting athletes, but our horses finally have because agreement has been reached to recognise thoroughbreds in the Olympics at Paris Olympic Games next year, thoroughbreds competing in any of the Christian uh, disciplines, dressage, show jumping and and eventing will, for the first time, be recognised on the starting list and results. And that's great news because a lot of these thoroughbreds awesome. come out of the racing game and finally they're starting to be recognised at the Olympics. So I'm saying that the next thing that is recognised is the likes of the great Wallers the, uh, the, the, um, and the jockeys that go to boot with that as well. Maybe they get their names up and light. So we've got racing... This week, starting at Matter Matter tomorrow, we'll have a look at that book for you tomorrow and maybe throw out uh, one or two names for you to keep a look on. But Saturday, big race day at Tarapa. We've got my boy going around, and uh, we'll just check with Al Sherrick later on. I just had a quick chat to him two minutes ago. We'll phone him later on in the week and see if he's got anything for us to have a look at over the next couple of days. That's Love Racing, the update with me. Grab your mates and get on course. Visit events.loveracing.nz to find a race day near you. Beautiful, Kempe. It just shows you don't need a big wallet, mate. You just need a bit of luck. 500 bucks now with black type. Well done. Well done. You want to jump into the game, you got to start somewhere. And, well, it's just like winning lotto. And uh, when you win it, oh, it's such a good feeling. So good. Yeah, big weekend of racing as well, Kempe. Uh, my good horse, well, a horse I love to follow, a tissue, is racing in the Doomden Cup this weekend. And, uh, obviously, a tissue won its first group one. Made in Group One a couple of weeks ago, and I was in France. So yeah, that's my luck. <laughs> I missed that race. The only time I would have backed it, I probably would have stopped it. So it's probably a good thing I was away over in France. But yes, a big week- <laughs> that weekend was a of good, racing. That was a good win to it. One easy. <laughs> oh, it's got a big uh, top. It's got a tough old um, field. Uh, there's a few little champions in there, but uh, I'm back in the tissue to hopefully go over there and win the Doomed in Cup. Thank you for that update, Kempi. A message here from Ed. Morena, boys, when we play France, first up, how are we going to target DuPont and Intermac? Who's got the best defence, Richie, Bowden or Damien? Who is the best grub from Ed? Ooh, good question. I'll probably say Damien. Probably have to say Damien's probably defensively more sound. A smaller man, he's got a big heart. Cannot get that image of out of my head of him tackling Namani Nandolo against the Crusaders. 140 clicks up against about 80, dripping wet. And Damien stops him in the corner. Um, he's going to be tested. It'll be interesting to see what kind of test uh, defence they go with, Rick. 
you know, like do they mm. do they defend with the ten up in the front, or they bring up uh, you know someone else or move uh, your, your Geordie Barrett in? Well, that's a good question, actually. I mean, and, and that mm. then goes back to who's playing at fullback because if Bowden's play, mm. wearing fifteen, you're not bringing him into the line, are you? No, not with his no. uh, his concussion issues. No, so yeah, I mean, and that, even Will, yeah, I'd say the same for Will too with his concussion. So yeah, I mean, where do you go? Is it Sean Stevenson? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, he's obviously, he, he can tell. obviously tackle if the Dolphins are looking at him. The fun being a, the yeah. fun being a selector. <laughs> Yeah, okay, we got a heap of messages. We'll get to those in the next hour. Couple for you as well, Kempi, talking a bit of league. But coming up, we're going to be talking NBA. Seth Partner is going to be talking NBA. The Celtics going on to continue their form and playing for the conference finals. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, SCNZ, it's just after 7 o'clock. Before we get off to Seth Partno to talk NBA, we've got Rick Dog. he's got a breaking news story. Yeah, good news uh, for Chiefs and All Blacks fans. Anton Leonard-Brown has re-signed with New Zealand Rugby and the Chiefs through till the end of 2026. 60 Test International has recommitted saying uh, he wants to challenge himself better and feels like he's got some unfinished business. Beautiful, great news for Chiefs fans. Brett from Huntley will be up and about, and Kiwi fans, we love Anton and what he's been able to do in that black jersey. 100 games for the Chiefs, so many more to come in the New Zealand jerseys. Well done. Thanks for that, Rick Dog. It's now time to talk some NBA. Well, it took Jason Tatum dropping 51 points in Game 7 for the Celtics to make it back to Back to the conference finals. They've been they'll be rewarded with a matchup against a highly motivated Heat team backed by a ruthless Jimmy Butler to preview two intriguing final series and reflect on yesterday's game in the garden as our good pal Seth Partno out of Wisconsin. Morning Seth, how you doing, mate? I'm I'm doing great. It's always great to talk to you guys. I, I got to admit, the uh, bumper music coming back in made me feel like I was back in the gym because that's the kind of stuff that uh, <laughs> you hear you hear during workouts. So I'm 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 definitely in the mood. Talk about this. That's what now. we do for you, Seth. We uh, get you up and about and excited. We bring a good energy and vibe to our show every morning. Have you witnessed many better performances in the garden than the one we saw from Tatum yesterday? Uh, it wasn't bad, was it? Um, I, I, I do think that I do think that that that, that uh, Steph having put up fifty in uh, in in a game seven, uh, just you know, the, the round previously did sort of put a bright target on that. Well, I'm going to get more now, but uh, no, it was, it was a special performance. And, um, you know, I uh, was kind of had a thought that if you recall in game six, about five and a half minutes left, he committed just an incredibly silly uh, clear path foul that, that could have really put their season away. And from there, he'd had a horrible game six to that point. And then from that point, he, it's, it's almost like he realized that's the dumbest, worst thing I'm ever going to do on a basketball court. Let's not do that again, and now let's just go play. And, and since that point, he was 
you know, for, for the, the last five minutes of that game and then all of game uh, seven was pretty magical. Yeah, he was very, very good too. Um, and you think Tate and Brown, they've been balling out in the playoffs for many years now, but it's easy to forget they're still only in their mid-20s. Do you think the best is still yet to come for the Celtics duo? Um, this is actually it, it's it's funny because especially with the the new salary cap rules that are coming into effect in the in the recently agreed CBA, uh, the pressure on on a team like the Celtics to to get it done now um, only increases. I mean that they're those two in particular become very expensive to build around if they decide to keep them together in in not very long. So um, age wise, you would think they have time, but the ability to put the kind of team around them that they have. Uh, which is really one of their strengths this year, how much longer they can afford to do that. Um, so you might as well win now, basically. And what, what, mate, I can't wrap my head around. We had Philly captain on yesterday. He's a f- passionate fan from Philadelphia, talking about the 76ers and James Harden. Well, he can score 40-odd points and you know turn the game on its head. But yesterday, nine points for 41 minutes. He went missing in Game 7 last night. He was very hot and cold in the series. Is this just the kind of player he is? And what do the 76ers deal, do with this situation that's been dealt with them now? I mean, I think, first of all, you have to say that there have been some some playoff disappearances in the in the past. This is a little bit different than those in that a lot of the, the previous times were more he had to carry an entire team and ran out of gas and certainly with Joel and being on on this team that wasn't as much the case i think it might just be that's he's he's in his mid mid 30s now and and that's that's sort of a reality is that uh you can still have the the odd game where you're you're your peak self but it's not an every night thing anymore and pretty bad time to have one of those come uh come up Seth, all the talk is about, obviously, uh, Jason Tatum trying, doing his best Larry Bird impersonation uh, with those, those 51 points. But, uh, you know, you've you got a couple of glory boys here in Izzy and Kempe who are all about the go forward and the ball in hand and, 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 and the glory boys getting over the try line. But really, a uh, guy that maybe doesn't get the, uh, the kudos he deserves, possibly an MVP for the whole series, Al Horford with the, jo- the job he did on Joel Embiid. I mean, how, just, how important was his role for the Celtics? Um, you know, he didn't even shoot the ball that well for most of the series, but the fact that that he can credibly guard Embiid one on one was certainly a a uh, a, a value. Um, a lot of a lot of what a player like Embiid and on the other side Nikola Jokic brings is, if you can't guard them with one person, then everyone else gets easier shots. But um, even even if Embiid can get his, if Horford doesn't need help every single play it becomes harder for Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey and, and even Harden to, to get kind of the, the good quality shots that let them be, uh, uh, you know, good role-playing contributors. And so I think that to that extent, just, ha- just Horford's ability to, to match up and compete with Embiid was a huge benefit to the Celtics over the, over the course of the series. Yeah, hustle on D, and I saw him in a huddle in one of the games, absolutely spraying the team. So when you got that experience uh, from a leader, and you can see him coming out and giving it all, they, everyone else follows, and they love that. And and you know, in world sport, and and particularly in high performance sport. But Doc Rivers has lost ten game sevens. The poor bugger has been on the losing end of plenty of playoff heartbreak. What do the Sixers do with Doc Rivers? They continue down that 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 line with Doc. So 
I've I've never been. I, I've I've always felt that he probably gets has gotten a higher uh, level of acclaim as a coach than maybe his performances warrant. Um, at the same time, like that's a question that is much more about the things we don't see. Um, the the most important thing for a coach in the NBA is if the people in the room are buying what you're selling, and that's that's sort of hard to see. Do the, the players outside. play for him? Again, it's it that that's that's a hard uh, that that's a hard thing to answer from the outside. I don't think like they they played very poorly yesterday, but I wouldn't say that that you would say they quit. Like we've seen teams quit on coaches, and I and with in all fairness to Doc, I I, I think they played poorly. I would not say they quit, if that makes sense. Seth, one of the other things I was I was reading through some stats ahead of Game Seven, uh, and, and one of those stats that that stood out to me was Joel Embiid. Sixty three percent of his points this season, he's created himself. So if you're the seventy sixes, and if you're looking at your roster, I mean, you you, you need somebody that's going to feed that beast, right? Somebody so he's not having to do all the work off the ball as well. What chance do you think they go in for someone like a Trey Young and try and trade for someone like that to to get them to the next level? Um, I think some of that is just a function of how Embiid plays. Uh, there, there are more things you can do, perhaps, but I'm not sure that that the way he got his off got his offense would change that much if you if you got a if you did sign a, a, a trade for a Trey Young. Um, you know, it's it's sort of you're making a decision: would you rather the ball be in Trey Young's hands or Joel Embiid's hands? And that was sort of a similar quandary they had a lot this year: is like, do we want to play like a James Harden team or a Joel Embiid team? And beats your best player. And so that involves a lot of him, you know, kind of going and getting the ball wherever he sees fit rather than him operating as a screen and roll guy. Uh, Cause I think that's, I think that's a little bit limiting for him, frankly. Um, so that in and of itself would not be, uh, I, I think almost the bigger uh, from a roster standpoint is uh, for seemingly the 70th year in a row, they just got destroyed when he wasn't on the floor. Um, across the playoffs again. And he's not someone who, just by virtue of his size and style of play, is not someone who you can really think is going to play, you know, 44, 45 minutes of a playoff game. So getting a, some, a backup center or another way of playing so you can, you can play, you know, six, seven, eight minutes each half with him on the bench and survive, I think is a bigger roster issue for them than necessarily a playmaker. Yeah, and he did mention too during the series that, the players around him needed to step up. What about uh, the Heat and this matchup with the Celtics up in the conference finals? Are you excited about that? I am. I don't totally understand how the Heat have been as good as they have been in the playoffs. <laughs> but Jimmy, but there's no question. It's not just the thing is he's he was great, especially in the first round. But the number of guys who who are unheralded and just Eric Spolstra looks down his bench chooses who he's going to point to whoever it is goes out and performs uh there have been games in this playoffs where they have closed with jimmy butler and four players who weren't even drafted and have have not just held their own but have won games with and that's that that is a you know that's a testament to team to team culture you hear a lot about heat quote unquote heat culture and to eric spolster in, in particular for um really giving everyone he puts in the game the confidence not only do I like not only do I think you can play, I think you're better than you are and you're going to believe me and you're going to perform. And that's been just incredibly impressive. 
because on paper they shouldn't be able to compete with the Celtics. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but, I, but, <laughs> having 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 seen two rounds of the playoffs thus far, the Heat have played better than the Celtics to this point in the playoffs. And so you does you, Jimmy dismiss them at at your peril. Does Jimmy Butler have enough left in the tank? I say yes after seeing his kid off next next to Kyle Lowry. I you know, again, this is this is a guy who earlier in his career was known known as 48 minute Jimmy because because uh, he would just play the entirety of playoff games. Uh he's probably not that anymore, but um I think he was hobbled a little bit by the ankle sprain that he suffered in game one of the series. And if that's recovered, um, he and Tatum is certainly a battle battle for the ages. Seth, what about out West, mate? Uh, last season, the Lakers couldn't even make the playoffs. And, and, you know, for all money, it looked like they'd traded away their future. They had no picks. They got no picks until about, I don't know, 2050 or something, the way they've been trading um, over the last few <laughs> years. Um, but how have they gone from not being able to get into the playoffs to playing in the Western final uh, with the team that they've got? Um, I think you have to you do have to give them credit. The, the, the team they started, the roster they started the season with was not very good. Um, and they were too often, you know, lineups where there were two or three guys on the floor who probably were not NBA rotation level players. Uh, what they did at the trade deadline was they managed to, I don't think they added any stars, but they added enough guys who are competent, good NBA players that now the lineups they put out there all make sense. And you have LeBron playing at a high level, Anthony Davis playing at a high level. Austin Reeves has made himself a ton of money this postseason heading into his, yep. his uh, free agency. Um, and then, you again, you, you're getting contributions from everywhere else on the roster with just, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, D'Angelo Russell, who's never, frankly, never been my favorite player, but has been solid in the postseason. Dennis Schroeder was, I think, the unsung key to beating the Warriors just in, in terms of his ability to, to bother Stephen Curry over the course of the series. Um, and then any number of other players, Jared Vanderbilt and, and getting minutes from Rui Hachimura and, and Malik Beasley. They're just the, the guys that almost like the heat, the, the sort of the other guys in their team, just whoever they've turned to has produced Lonnie Walker hadn't been, hadn't been in the rotation and wins a game in the fourth quarter for them. Uh, that's again, that's a credit to, to, uh, Darvin Ham, who was, uh, who was an assistant in, in Milwaukee when I was there, uh, when I was with the bucks and, uh, I, I I was always very impressed by him as an assistant coach, and I think that he's done a, a tremendous job as a as a head coach. And I think uh, the playoffs sort of indicate why. Yeah, it's a total difference to the Heat. They've allowed the players like LeBron and AD to to get that much need of rest when you got the reserves or the guys that uh, you know are on the court coming on and provided so much impact. When you look at the Nuggets, Jokic, Gordon. The squad depth in that uh, in that squad, mate. How does this play out? The Nuggets taking on the Lakers. Can they stop the Yoka? <laughs> so it's it's funny that we got to the Nuggets last. Uh, this is this is <laughs> I, this is not uh, the first the first call or show I've done uh, headed into the conference final. And every one of them, we get to the Nuggets last, which is funny <laughs> because the Nuggets the Nuggets have been the best team in the playoffs. And and so the, it's just like the, this is the this has been the best team. This is I would say the team that is should be the title favorites, and we're just we, we're just kind of getting to them. 
Uh, you start with Jokic. Uh, you got the best player, and I I would say the best player in the world right now. Uh, that 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 that's a good start. Uh, and then, as you <laughs> said, they have uh, they have a roster full of playoff ready players. The the moves they made the offseason, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope and and Bruce Brown in particular, added two more versatile, tough, physically tough, which is a, a very important part of playoff basketball. Uh, a play, players, and that's really that's really been a key for them uh and then again Jokic is the best player in the world as he's shown again and um and there the lakers are going to need a, a whale of a series from anthony davis to i think uh be able to hang with them let alone have a chance i think seth uh before we let you go finally have to get a uh a, a prediction for you who wins the west who wins the east who's in the big dance i think it's celtics nuggets and i think the nuggets are winning the title Boom. I that didn't even pause. Didn't even pause. Open up the TAB account. Get on it. Seth said so. Take it to the bank. <laughs> well, don't, don't put that on me. Now I'm, now I'm responsible. <laughs> Gamble responsibly. Oh, yeah. Seth, don't say that. Break my heart. Lakers all day. Let's go. LeBron, AD, take it home. No. Mate, appreciate it. And um, Yoka, he's he's unstoppable with his vast array of shots. Mate, he's so big. He can shoot from anywhere. He can re- rebound. He's, he's going to be tough. And finals MVP, if they make it, I think he'll get it. So appreciate your time this morning, Seth, talking NBA, the playoffs. It is heating up. And, uh, well, there's only two, four teams left. Appreciate your time, mate. Take care. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Always great to be here. Seth said so. That oh. sounds like that sounds like a uh, something he needs to <laughs> he needs to put on his blog. That's his predictions. <laughs> Seth said so. Get it on. Oh, get it on. Well, I wonder what Kempy's got to say. Off the back fence. Coming up. You're listening to Izzy Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. The Back Fence with Tony Kemp. When you're talking about connection to the game of rugby league, you only have to visit the rugby league clubs around New Zealand to see that the game is predominantly played by Māori south of the Bombays and north of the Harbour Bridge and Pacifica right here in Tāmaki Makoto. And while all the dust is settling, on last week's cry from a major sponsor for a more balanced outcome during games, you could be forgiven to think that the only thing he was asking for was for the NRL to show New Zealanders the respect they deserve as a club in the National Rugby League competition and to be treated as equals when it comes to the NRL. Now, there are loads of examples of inequity out there, but for me, this week is once again an example of the people who run the game only giving respect to the people that play the game in their country. You see, this week is Indigenous Round, an opportunity to support the very people who are in this country holding the game together. But guess what? We have the bye, and arguably the biggest weekend for Indigenous whānau, and once again shows a lack of equality or understanding of the meaning of such a weekend by the powers that be. So I reckon we name our best ever Indigenous Warriors side, Māori, Tongan, Samoan, Cook Islanders, and the rest of our Pacific brothers. You might not get to see them this weekend celebrate Indigenous round, but we will certainly be... Be saluting our Pacific Fano today. Who's in your side, is he? Off the back fence with Ooh. Tony Kemp. That's a good question. Where do we even start when you think of the players that have donned the jersey, the Kiwis, the Warriors jerseys? Oh, there's been some favourites. 
Who is mine? Ali Lawatiti will be top of that. 100%. Oh, I love watching Ali play. He used to just run around. Who else? Oh, Romy Ropati. Um, oh, who else? Henry Fa'afili. Francis Melly. Oh, the list goes on, Kempi. There's <laughs> some of the names. Toki. Oh, running a Paliasina. Oh, what else? Come on, Dagger, get that brain rolling. Clinton Plenty Torpy. of just coming back. Clinton Torpy, the torpedo. Oh, what else? Logan Swan. Oh, In there, so, uh, there's so Monty many. Beatham. Ruben Wiki. <laughs> Ruben Wiki. Who you got? The list goes. The, 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 the question, Kempi, this surely wasn't done on purpose. The bye. No, well. Are the, you saying it was? Well, <laughs> they just lost sight of it. Um, what I'm trying to point out here is that indigenous, which is the meaning of indigenous. Okay, so mm. what is the meaning of, mm. of indigenous? It's inhibiting or existing in the land from the earliest times. You know, um, mm. now I just you know they don't have the indigenous team playing any team, the All Stars. Mm. You know what I mean? They play mm. the Maori team. They don't have um, anyone going up to play the English. They have the Tongan team. You've got this recognition there, but for some reason, they keep leaving the Warriors out. Like they keep leaving New Zealand out in the in the in the dark. And I think if you're going to have an Indigenous round, I'm all for um, supporting Indigenous Australia, hundred percent. But you've got to remember that it also means a lot to Kiwis. Yeah, I. I, I th- I don't think it's done deliberately, but what I do think it shows is a lack of thought. Like mm. They're not actually thinking about it. They're not engaging on it. And it, we talk about... Just being, ticking a box. Yeah, just ticking a box. But it's been since 2015 since New Zealand's hosted an Anzac game, right? Yeah. So we don't get the Anzac game. Surely the Warriors have to have an Indigenous round game if we're not going to be getting the Anzac game. You've got to think about these things overall. You can't just do a draw and go, oh, there, there's our draw. You actually think about your draw. And and not only that, you think about the NRL and the part that a New Zealand team plays. Like, for instance, if it wasn't for the Warriors over the last two years, there wouldn't have been a competition. You know, they would, if the Warriors had pulled out, they would have, they would have had to can the comp. So you put that into context of the importance that this Kiwi side is to the, the NRL competition, they start to need they, they need to start thinking about New Zealand as part of the as part of their brand. And not only that, they should come over here and run it. They should come over here and run the game like they do over over in Australia and say, well actually it's a holistic national what's a competition called? Nash, uh, Nash, national National Rugby League. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in, include the Kiwis in it. They're in that National Rugby League. That's they're, they're part of it. The Warriors are part of it. And I, look, when I looked at it and I saw it yesterday, and I've just watched it on TV here, is he? It's all about the Indigenous players in Australia. Well, guess what? The Pacific and Māori and um, players that are in that competition are predominantly holding it together. Mm. I hear you, Kempi. I hear you. And, and remember, at 7.40, we've got the phone lines open for you to win that Alexandra Parks Premium Top of the Park restaurant valued at $1,200 table for eight. If you want to have your say on the NRL Indigenous indigenous round, well, the phone lines are open, 0800-150-811. There's plenty on offer, and you can go on that draw. All you have to do is give us a call. Premium beverage package, including wine, beer, soft drinks, spirits from the start of the first race right to the end, prime viewing position. You and eight friends could be there to enjoy that package. Kempi, rattle off a few names there. 
There's a plenty more that have had so much impact in the NRL. And, well, they've been left out on the, in the lurch, our Warriors. They've got a bye week. Much needed, that is for sure. But uh, not very good timing from the National Rugby League. We're going to shoot off. We'll come back. We've got some headlines with Ricardo uh, in his aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. <laughs> Twenty six away from eight here on SENZ. It is uh, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Time for headlines now. Thanks to Ken Artire. Too easy weekend. I can tell you, uh, Liverpool have just taken the lead against Leicester City. This one a big one. It's at Leicester. Leicester need the win. Uh, because they're battling relegation. They are just checking for an offside in the build-up, but uh, 34 minutes in, it looks like Liverpool are 1-0 up in that game. I could also tell you uh, that uh, the uh, French Rugby League have, I've, I don't know how you can put this delicately, uh, crapped the bed, maybe? Uh, should we say that? Um, they've withdrawn from hosting the 2025 Rugby League World Cup for financial reasons. Now, International Rugby League Chief Troy Grant said he's disappointed by the decision. Australia and New Zealand could be alternative options as hosts, uh, given the 2021 World Cup was held in England. Tony, uh, Troy Grant said he's very disappointed by the decision from the France 2025 Organising Committee, which said it could not deliver financial guarantees demanded by the French government. He also said, I respect the French government's decision amid challenges they are facing, but I can't hide my disappointment that I conveyed very clearly to them in person. Despite our focus having been on France, we now have to accelerate our consideration to other contingency options. So was that New Zealand? I mean, probably. Well, the last one was in England. So you know, of course, they're going to go. Well, it's Australia, New Zealand. If you want to put your hands up, it's not that. It's not that easy, given the fact that um, you know the World Cup is around the corner, and you've got to go out and sell it, try and sell it to governments and local councils and so on, and get those games like they did played across New Zealand and Australia. So, uh, it is so frustrating. It is so frustrating. You know, you've got people on that organisation, the International Federation, that I know sent a team up to America when they were told not to because of the the financial implications, but still went ahead and sent them and got the place in trouble, you know what I mean? So it's, let me tell you, Rick, not mm-hmm. surprising. Not surprising. You're <laughs> not, not surprised. surprised. Not surprised not at, at all. all. Not at all. No. Nah. All right. And uh, yesterday, Barcelona uh, captured their first Spanish title since Leo Messi left. Uh, they they won ten with them between 20, uh, 2009 and two thousand and nineteen. But this is the first one they've won since he left the club. Although uh, they did it Bit at the carry on at the end. Yeah, I was going to say they did it at the home of Espanyol, which is their um, city cross town rivals. So the players are celebrating in the middle of the pitch at the Espanyol ground. And then had to do the runner for the tunnel because the Espanyol fans were like, we're not having you celebrate this at our place. <laughs> and they invaded the pitch and chased the Barcelona squad down the tunnel. So, What, what about Tommy Ferry? Did you see that? No, what's he done? Yeah, like, mate. Who was he scrapping? Uh, well, I forgot the name of the guy. KSI. KSI. It was KSI. It was, that was the fight, was it? Or was it KSI that he got? 
No, so KSI was the YouTuber that finished his boxing match with an elbow, which is highly illegal. And then Tommy yeah. Fury seems to be basing his whole career off fighting people that don't actually box for a lifetime. <laughs> so now apparently he's jacking up a fight with another YouTuber. So maybe he'll cry after he wins that one as well. Yeah. No, no, no. He had a fight in the stands. And he was oh, fighting someone. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. caused a massive big kerfuffle right at the start of the KSI mm. one. And it seemed to be over mm. nothing because he called out KSI after the fight. It's just, he, I think he has really tarnished his career after fighting Jake Paul because that seems to be that, the guy that he is now, just the YouTube guy, the guy who fights YouTubers. The interesting part about that is the old man, Johnny Fury, was right in the middle of it. John Fury's always in the middle of it. He, he, loves, he loves a fight. I, I tell you what, uh, the guy that he was brought in with the stands is a guy who was on Love, I- Love Island who is now a boxer called Idris Virgo. So he's just another Jake Paul. Yeah, there you but go. I will guarantee you this much. The whole thing would have been staged just to get some headlines before they announced that KSI, KSI fight. That's exactly what it will have been. I doubt there's actually any truth to it. The whole thing uh, will be a stitch up because... Uh, Jake Paul, his version of boxing is more akin to the WWE than anything. But there you go. Uh, Ken Attire, too easy weekend. Two days higher for the price of one visit a branch today. T's and C's apply. Those are your sports news headlines. Beautiful, Rick Dog. Thank you so much. A couple of messages coming through in regards to Kempi's off the back fence and NZ Indigenous Black backline. Fullback, RTS Wings, Manu Mali, centres, Kevin Iro, Iro, Ruben Wiki, Harv, Stacey Jones. And that is Ted from Manu Rewa. And there is plenty others coming through. We're going to leave you with this one for you, Kempi, from Cameron. Off the back. Kemp, when is Colonial around in the NRL? <laughs> Players of this ethnicity are now a bit of a minority in the NRL, but aren't and cannot be celebrated. Racist, I feel, from Cameron. Yeah, now they call that the Six Nations. Cameron. <laughs> That's colonial round, isn't it? <laughs> Big debate. Big debate. And you know what? 0800 150 the Kennards Hire phone lines are open for you to have your chance, have your say, and you can go in that draw if you are the caller of the day to win that prize pack for Alexandra's Parks Premium. Top of the park restaurant valued at over 1,200 big ones. Table for eight, up for grabs. All you have to do is give us a call. Kempi's off the back fence. Another quick message before we shoot off. Goes to show how much NRL care and awareness about the WARS and the New Zealand Rugby League community. On top of the quickly forgotten importance of the Warriors keeping the comp going through COVID, this is no surprise. How many home games have we had this year? Three at Mount Smart. So plenty of people throwing their arms up in disarray, not agreeing with what's going on. I think although not good by the NRL, we always get all emotional and get our ass kicked, so I'm not that unhappy from an unknown messenger, mm. text message. And uh, just one more quick one. Backline, Web, RTS, Nigel Vangana, Tupi, Quinton Torpy, sorry, Vatuve, Hohaya, and Jones from Dale. Give us a call, 0800-150-811. Have your say on the Warriors Indigenous Round. Left out in the lurch again. Good thing or bad or not surprised at all. Give us a call. 
It's a quarter to eight here on SENZ. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Uh, you want to win yourself the ultimate night at Alexandra Park? Well, here is your chance to win it. All you got to do is call in on 0800 150 811 and enter our draw. Every week for the next three weeks, we'll be selecting one lucky caller who's going to be entered into the final draw to win the big prize. That prize is follows a table for eight at Alexandra Park's premium top-of-the-park restaurant valued at over $1,200. That includes prime viewing position with floor-to-ceiling windows and sweeping views of the track, a delicious gourmet buffet meal, premium beverage package including wine, beers, soft drinks and spirits from the start of the first race to the start of the last race. Don't miss this amazing opportunity. Call us anytime, 0800 150 Our team will get, uh, do their best to get you on the line. And to make it even easier for you, we're dedicating this segment every Tuesday, every Thursday, uh, for you to call in. And Paul from Northlander has called in. Coming in on a heater, uh, disagrees with you, uh, Kempi. Kia ora, Paul. Why, how, why do you disagree with Kempi? Oh, I, I, I do agree with the uh, with the comments around uh, the Warriors um, and the lip service they paid for us. You know, we kept the competition alive for two years and we've got we just had three games in 11 days and... Uh, so forth. I agree. We've been hard done by there, but you know, let's remember this is an Australian competition. Um, they do have a heritage round, which which pays tribute to all the different heritages in the in the in the NRL, Samoan, Tongan, Fijian, and Maori and Aboriginal. And um, yeah, I, I actually think they do quite a good job acknowledging you know uh, the cultures around you know that are in that competition. Yeah, do you, Paul. Do you, do you think that um, the indigenous like, if it's Indigenous round, should New Zealand, like the Warriors, be playing in that weekend? Oh, I think we should be playing in that weekend, yes, I do agree with that. But, you know, they, they did bring the All-Stars game to New Zealand. They, they You know, they have, they have done, um, you know, uh, quite a bit, you know, as far as accommodating. But, uh, you know, let's just remember, it is an Australian competition, and I suppose they're wanting to acknowledge the first people of Australia. That's what that's all about. Yeah. Indigenous round. Yeah, good stuff, Paul. Hey, thanks very much for your call, bud. Uh, how, how does that uh, night at Alley, Alley Park sound to you, mate? You, you, you keen to be in the draw for that? Yeah, no, I'd be into that, mate. Yep, yep. Uh, my dad used to take me when I was a young fella to the races, and uh, yeah, no, it would be a good trip down memory lane, mate. Yeah, nice. Well, hopefully we see you there for a beverage yeah. at some point, Paul. Thanks very much for your call. 0800 yeah. is the number. Uh, our old mate Brett from Huntley has called through as well. What's the talk first five situations? What's your take, Brett? Morning, boys. Uh, how many backs do you think? That, what's the squad size? 31? 33. 33. 33. So that's possibly 16 backs? Yep. It'll be backs. 15 backs, 18 forwards, potentially. So would you 18, take 15, five split. outside backs? And 55 staff members. Ooh, <laughs> you'd probably take... Hey, Kempi, you've had your say, quiet. You'd say five, probably potentially, f- maximum four, potentially five. You've got fi- you to think utility as well. They'll definitely take three first fives and two of them can play fullback. So that yeah, depends yeah. if that comes into 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 awareness. 
situation. And then and that's where and and then you got Geordie that can play fullback as well. Mm. It just seems we're so stacked, and that's where Ricardo gets worried about Sean Stevenson, as do I. Because mm. like, uh, does that power winger get dropped? And that would look like it would be Caleb at the moment. Yeah, Caleb's running a shorter time. I feel. Running short of time, I think Leicester's overtaken him and uh, he's leading the front for that just out-and-out blockbuster winger. But first fives, who are you taking? Who are you starting? Oh, I'll, I'll just be 100% biased and I'll start Damien, bro. And yep. just sort of look for something that they're not used to uh, playing against. We're not even used to playing against that style of play. We're just... Just the unpredictability of him, bro. And, but Bodie will mm. go. For sure, 100% Bodie yeah. goes. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm trying to fill in those outside back ones. And I, I would start Will Jordan, Leicester, and Mark Talia as my back three. Mm. All right, there we go. Brett for All Black Coach. That's what I reckon. Uh, it's 10 away from 8. Uh, thanks for your call, Brett. Uh, appreciate it, mate. John from Masterton's also called through on 0800 Uh Morning, John. How are you? Yeah, good guys. How are you, how are you guys? Good, mate. What, yeah, did good, you, what, did, what did you want to talk about? Uh, the Warriors and the Indigenous. I mean, it's a bit of a joke, but the NFL commentators can't even say the names of players properly. So, you know, mm. as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're not doing enough, eh? Yeah. And look, the, the, the question is like, for me, knowing that it's indigenous round, I do know that they got a heritage round, but I, I agree that heritage round is really good, for that, like Paul was saying. But when you say indigenous, if you really wanted to break it down, well, the indigenous people of New Zealand are Māori, and they're the ones that run the game. I just think you're taking it away from them to celebrate such a, a significant round. Is it, does that sort of make sense to you, John? Yeah, that's exactly makes sense, Kimpy. You know, yeah, it's like, and they they can't even say the indigenous people of Australia's names properly, let alone the ones of New Zealand as well. Like they really gotta sort all that stuff out too. Yeah. For indigenous people. Like it's a joke, mate. Yeah, John, I tell you, I tell you a quick story, uh, and I won't won't drop any names, but uh, I'll, I'll drop this name. Glenn Lama, who calls the the Warriors, when they had the very first nines tournament here, they sent he was one commentator and there were three commentators that came from Aussie. And he said to them, hey, guys, if you want any help with uh, Māori pronunciation, um, I can help you out there. Two of the commentators said yes and took him up on it. And there's one who said, mate, I'll call it as I hear it. Um, and he's still the same because he's still calling games on Sky out of Australia. And I'll tell you what, you can you can tell who it is if you listen. But put it that way, mate. Yeah. That's the care factor sometimes with some guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Got to start there. Yeah. Uh, sweet as cheers, boys. Cheers, John. You're in that draw, buddy. You're in that draw. Hopefully, we see you at Alley Park um, for a beverage at some point and uh, and a night of racing as well. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven is the number. This is Izzy and Kempy for breakfast here on SENZ. We are seven away from eight. Yes, welcome back. The phone lines are running hot, and Ed from Tolaga wants to give us a wee bit of assurance here. Ed, morning. Morning, brother. Oh, man. I want to go to Alan's Lodge Park, man. We've been following old Chelsea Shield since um, the Cuffy won that spot race last year. And then um, we went to Cambridge Raceway this year. And we met old Joey and... Oh, we met McGurrett. And we went, we went and made up our own speed net for the race. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'll give funny, you one man. thing. I'll give you one thing, Ed. If you work on that golf swing and you get better at golf, you might get in the draw, Okay. Somebody told me I've got to get better. I probably don't even like that game. 
I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Hey, Ed, thanks very much for your yeah. call, mate. Hopefully you can get to Alexandra Park and oh, witness the Auckland Cup. It'll be a hell of an event, and one of you will be taking you and some friends to enjoy the Alexandra Park's premium package, valued at over 1200 a couple of messages here. Indigenous is the original people to a certain area, e.g. Aussie is Aboriginal, Aotearoa is Māori, etc. Calm down, boys. That is from Gaza. Gaza coming through with a bit of heat. Another one here from Chris goes to show how much the NRL care and awareness about the WARS in New Zealand Rugby League community. On top of the quickly forgotten importance of the Warriors keeping the comp going through COVID, this is no surprise. How many home games have we had this year? Three. At Mount Smart, must be plenty coming home for the Warriors. Surely all that debate about this, take it home, this repay the support the Warriors have shown. The NRL uh, hasn't come to fruition. Go Media been... Stadium, Mount Smart. <laughs> Go Media <laughs> Stadium, Mount Smart. Although not good by NRL, we always get all emotional and get our asses kicked, so I'm not that unhappy from an unknown text. Oh, they're all coming in hot. Plenty to, to talk about in the next hour. Storm Purvis coming up, talking ANZ Premiership. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Yes, welcome back. Izzy Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. Appreciate all your messages coming through on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Promise you we'll get to the we'll get through them in the next hour. We've got a big hour coming up. We've got Ivan Vasilich talking football at the end of the show. But right now we're going to talk ANZ Premiership, Ken Pete. Yep, the Stars, they inch one step closer towards securing a third and final playoff spot in the ANZ Premiership last night with a well-fought win over the bottom place, Southern Steel. Meanwhile, the Tactics will have to win both their games this weekend against the top two teams to give themselves a chance of making the final three. Storm Purvis from Centre uh, Pass joins us this morning to preview the final round of the regular season action. Morning, Storm. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm good, thanks, guys. Yep. Yep. Very excited and nervous about this round. Um, stoked that it is actually coming down to the last round. What a competition it's been. It has been, hasn't it, Storm? Thanks for joining us. It's, um, I guess, a memorable season so far. What's been your highlight? Oh, probably all the really, really close games. We've seen a couple of um, overtimes. We even saw a double overtime, extra time, extravaganza um, Mystic Stars game. I think that was definitely a highlight. It took me back to um, that Delhi, was it 2010 Commonwealth Games, Silver Ferns double overtime match against the Diamonds and um, brought back all the feels. I was on the edge of my seat watching that one and it was so cool that we got to see a game like that in our little local competition here. Yeah, it's such a good competition. But look, there's been a lot of debate lately, Storm, about the well, the the underwhelming strength of the southern teams and the franchises that are in the far south. You got the Highlanders that struggle. We got the Southern Steel that are struggling at the moment. What can you pin, pinpoint that down to? When you rattle off the names, I know you've played for the Southern Steel, so you've got a, you know, you got a foot in that camp as well. But you rattle off the names: the Jenny May Clarksons, the the Donna Lofagans, but now Wilkins. The players that they've been able to entice South have gone by, and that isn't the same these days. Why have they been um, struggling as of late? 
bring back Monkey, bring back the cook, bring back all the student bars <laughs> in Dunedin. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I honestly, it's a tough one, right? Like, yeah, I did. I had six years at the Steel, and um, we had a great team. But when I think about it, we were all kind of the core of our team. All went down to Dunedin for uni and played club netball mm. in Dunedin, and then stuck together, all signed with the Steel, and and we uh, formed these really cool combinations and core group. Um, I I don't. I really don't know the answer to that. It's so tough. I think the difference is when when we were playing, we were able to live in Dunedin and sort of travel between Invercargill and, and Dunedin for training, and you know that maybe made it more desirable for some people. Whereas now, I think the steel is fully based in Invercargill. Um, they're always going to be up against it. We we've all we all know the population numbers. You know that's that's your biggest yeah. barrier from from day one. Um, the solution, I, I really don't know. I think I don't know when it comes to the Highlanders. I'm not sure, but but with netball, mm. I think this year it's been a little bit of an anomaly because they have lost two huge players for them in the preseason. Like their two best players, really, and George Fisher and Shannon mm. Saunders. One to pregnancy, one to a freak injury, and so I'm not too worried about the steel if they can retain, um, you know, some of their experienced players. Get those two back in there then I think they'll be okay. And, you know, the history of the franchise, they are super successful. Even back to the Sting days, you know, people love or sort of associate, you know, the Deep South with netball. So I'm sure they'll be able to entice players back down there. Uh, when it comes mm. to the Landers, I don't know, bring back the student bars. I'm sure that'll help. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Storm, I mean, uh, what you said about Georgie Fisher being missing obviously means a lack of goals. Um, but I'm looking at it in terms of the rest of the court because 14 games... Uh, lost by an average of 14.5 points per game. That's a lot. That suggests that defensively it's not quite there either this season. Yeah, I think it's hard on defence when the ball is constantly coming back your way. So everyone gets equal centre passes in a match of netball. You, you alternate. And so if the attacking end isn't quite up to it and they're losing the ball quite a lot and that ball is coming back down your end on defence and then you've got to turn around and they get a centre pass again, it can get really hard to, to keep up the intensity um, and you know be able to defend for 60 minutes a lot more than other teams are because it's, they're more evenly spread, if that makes sense. I don't think I explained that very well. But as a defender, I used to get really pissed off with my attacking team. Uh, we're losing the ball constantly and you're like god guys like I'm exhausted I just had to defend their centre pass and now I have to defend our centre pass like I, I feel for the defenders it can get pretty tough um, and, and Kate Burley who's their goalkeeper down at the steel has actually had a fantastic season and has some great uh, numbers next to her name she's just having to do it a lot more um, and therefore yeah they're up against it yeah, now that made total sense. Uh, Storm sitting on the sidelines watching my mum. She's a wing defence. She used to love it when they handed the passes over because she could elbow people and uh, get get stuck <laughs> into them. So, um, just on that, just on the competition this year, it's it is pretty tight at the top. And like you said, we've seen some pretty good games um, play out play out this year. But but what is the difference? Do you think for that? You know, the pulse going on that run, they're coming up against the Mystics. You've got the Tactics there who have been impressive at times this year. Which of those sort of three, four teams that are at that top this year do you think are the ones that hold the key? Look, it's it's really tough because there are four teams now vying for those three top spots. Well, the pulse secured. 
their top spot last week with that great win over the Mystics. So they're actually a team I wasn't really too bothered on early in the season, uh, in the off-season even. We were all talking about the Mystics and, and the tactics recruitment. Uh, but the Pulse have been in what? I don't know, three of the last, or won three of the last six grand finals or something. So they're a very proud franchise who know how to win. So it's a bit, um, shame on me a bit for not thinking about them because they've just shown that they are peaking at the right time and, and they're coached by the legend of Edna Claus and Jury and she's got a young team around her but she knows how to make her team win. Um, and so I think, you know, they could be the team uh, to beat at the end of the year. We were talking about the Mystics and I think you can't you can't write off the Mystics that they are without Monica Faulkner, their goal attack at the moment, who's been out with illness for a few weeks and I just think the attacking end isn't quite clicking without her uh, and the pulse showed how you can break them apart a little bit. So huge games for them this weekend. They've got the Stars and the Tactics who are both fighting for that third spot because I think it's safe to say the pulse of the Mystics will be there. It'll come down to how the stars and the tactics go this weekend. And to be honest, it's anyone's game. I can't pick it at the moment. I see the Diamonds coach, Stacey Marinkovic, was in the crowd last night to watch another ANZ Premiership game. Do you think she would have been impressed with what she saw across the ditch, a bit of spying? Uh yeah, I think it's been a good round for her to come and watch, actually, because uh, we spotted her in Christchurch for that first round. No doubt she would have been in Wellington. Uh, so she was here to watch. We actually spoke to her in our coverage on Sky Sport uh, at the Tactics game, and she was trying to keep a close eye on Karen Berger and Jane Watson, that uh, magnificent defensive duo. And they were on fire, as they have been all season, so she would have been taking some notes uh, watching them there. And then, yeah, seeing the Pulse get a great win over the Mystics um, and just watching the Pulse young guns so not even you know looking at what's happening this world cup in particular but just seeing that we are growing some depth there and there are some young ones uh coming through so it's exciting and probably a bit scary for stacy uh you mentioned yvette mccall's jury at the at the pulse she always seemed I mean, a few years ago she reinvented that franchise and brought a lot of young players together storm what is it that she does so well as a coach that she can bring players like that together who maybe don't have the experience of of some of the other teams and turn them into a winning team yeah, I have thought about this quite a bit because, you know, she uh, has an interesting journey as a coach where she was part of a Pulse side that was really unsuccessful for many years that would have been really, really tough. She was the Silver Ferns assistant coach during that dire time. You think back to the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games and, um, you know, she was part of that setup when the Silver Ferns were at their lowest. And I feel like, you know, she's not only reinventing teams that she's come back to, but she's obviously gone away and done something and reinvented herself. I don't know, she must have had this period of time where she really refreshed herself or, or had a you know good hard think about what she wants to achieve as a coach and what kind of coach she wants to be. And she's come back and just sort of like her presence demands this kind of mana and respect. Um, and I've spoken to some of the Pulse girls, particularly the young ones who have been you know, enticed away from home and haven't gone back because they love being under a bit. And they kind of say she does this whole... I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed thing, where you feel like if you stuff up or you don't play bad, if you don't play well, you've really let her down. A, like, you're not worried she's going to be angry at thing. you, you're just really upset. A real mum thing that you've, that you've made her um, disappointed, and, and no one wants that, so she's, she's nailing it. I don't know how she's doing it, but yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, she's, um, I think a lot of it might be Storm, that she's had that, um, I guess, that foundation with Manakura down in Palmerston North where those Central yeah. District girls all go to that school and they get a, a, 
I guess it's a good foresight, a bit of foresight really about pathways and and what you can do through an academy structure because that's basically what Manukura School is for all those kids through the central districts that want to go and play sport. They get that schooling and of course a chance to build them up. And as you know, the, the central pulse have just won that that junior uh, competition as well. So the depth is there for her. Um, when you look at that, that depth coming through though, who's a smoky for this World Cup this year? Like who do you think? Um, you know, our, our dame is looking at out there as a young person and saying, well, this 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 kid's going to gonna make the Silver Ferns this year. Well, to be completely honest, I'm not sure that there will be any bolter in the Silver Ferns this year. Um, I just think the last sort of four years has been this massive trial for, for Dame Knowles and, and she's been using this kind of core of 20 players in the different series we've had in the build-up. Um, you know, she's put them to the test and used a lot of different combinations and I think she knows if you look back to 2019 when she had all those experienced players who really stepped up we used to call them the fossils I think she knows that experience is going to win you tournaments in these kind of situations like a world cup where it's back-to-back games it's stressful and um, yeah you just need the experience out there and she really believes in that so I think maybe Maddie Gordon would be the biggest um, or the Mm. closest person to a bolter to make a team just because she wasn't at the Commonwealth Games she's kind of been in and out of the firms over the past couple of years um, so she's someone from the Pulse a centre young player uh, she could be the closest thing to a bolter I reckon post the World Cup I'd be looking at your Amelia Wormsley's, your Kara Stites there's been a lot of players this season that have really stepped up and playing that kind of um, impact role off the bench or just having to really front it. Amelia Wormsley for the Pulse, young girl, shoot, she's only 19 and she's been incredible. Uh, but I don't think any of those players are ready to you know, be taken to the World Cup just yet. Beautiful. We, we, we know um, Dame Nolene Taurua doesn't shy away from the tough conversations. Is there any head-scratching position where Dame Nolene Taurua will be having a bit of a well, sleepless night? If she ever has them, you know, she'll just bang it straight on the nose if she has to make a decision but for you any tough positions that she's having trouble selecting oh I know that she's um, definitely having some problems with the wing defence position Uh, and we've Mm. talked about it quite a lot not only with her but you know all throughout netball media it seems to be the position that comes up a lot just because Karen Berger could be your first choice wing defence but she's playing incredible netball at goal defence this season with the tactics and teaming up with Jane Watson in that circle so you kind of don't want to pull her away from there. Kate Heffernan is another one who's played wing defence for the Ferns in the past but she's playing incredible netball at centre um, and has been playing at centre for the Ferns over the past couple of series so you don't really want to pull her out of that position either so Who's your wing defence? And you can't really go and pick a specialist wing defence like Michaela Sokolich-Betson, who's doing a great job for the Mystics, because she can really only play wing defence, and then you're taking up a full position in an area of court where you kind of need the slides, the, the players who are able to play more than one position. So I don't know what the hell she's going to do there. I cannot wait to see her starting seven <laughs> come that first game of the World Cup because, um, you know, she's got the brain, she'll figure it out. But if I'm scratching my head trying to figure it out, yeah, uh, good luck to Dame Knowles in the season. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see. 
Oh, it's great to see Karen Berger fighting her way back from a, a major injury and back on the court doing what she does best, defending her heart out. Storm, you're hosting Centre Pass tonight at 8 o'clock with Karen. And uh, what have you got on the show tonight? You want to give it a wee plug before we let you go? Yeah, we've actually got Yvette McClaws and Jerry on the show tonight, so I can't wait to talk to her. Um, she's actually starting a new Marakura-type school up here in the north, so really excited to hear uh, what she's going to be up to next year and just pick a brain about yeah how she does so well with the Pulse team. So looking forward to that. Beautiful. Storm, thank you so much for joining us here. We appreciate your time. All the best and keep up the great work, mate. You're doing a fantastic job. Thanks so much. Awesome, team. Appreciate it. Talk soon. There she is, Storm Purvis. Monica, talk to me about the school, Kempi, that, that uh, Yvette's got going on, and obviously big news there, taking it up north. Yeah, well, the old St. Saint, Saint Stephen's, you know, St. Saint, Saint Stephen's out at the Bombay's there. Um, a lot of my mates went to that school, uh, came up from Taranaki and went to a Māori boys' school called St. Stephen's back in the day, and apparently they're, they're, uh, they got the site and they're putting a, a school back in there again, which is Manakura which is a, a Māori school um, for sports kids that they started her and her husband uh, down in in Palmerston North. And kids could go there. They play rugby. Mate, they play any any sport, hockey, netball, uh, and go around and they basically represent themselves at all the national sports tournaments and, and have had a ton of success. So I went down there uh, a few years ago now to do some coaching down there because they wanted rugby league to be in, in, um, implemented into the school. Uh, and they've just got a, you know, this cope up that's really cool. And apparently that's one of the reasons when we had her on uh, last time, well, you were, you were up in France, we actually got her on and she spoke about coming up here next year after she finishes with the Pulse of Shida to start that new school up here. So be a real good um, listen if you want to hear, uh, listen to that tonight on Centre Pass with Storm and, and Captain Kay when they talk to her about that because you'll give them a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on. Yeah, that's Beautiful. cool, man. Beautiful. That's awesome. Hey, on a, on a slightly different note, uh, and not quite a serious, Southern Steel, 14 games, no wins, 14 losses, uh, minus 205 goal difference. Can they keep the can they keep the nickname Steel, or do we have to find a new nickname for them? Are they the Southern Spoons? I don't know what oh, are they. Don't be mean. Oh, don't be mean. Don't be like don't that. Be it's hard mean. enough that it's hard enough our mate out here to sit down here and take the Highlanders without you coming in with the Southern Steel. Look at him. Head's about to explode. Hey, hey, hey! No disrespect to McCargill. No disrespect whatsoever. But maybe move the Southern Steel, like the like the Oakland A's and the the Raiders. Go to Las Vegas. Why are you going to Queenstown? Move the franchise to Queenstown, eh? Mm. That'll entice some youngins to go down there and enjoy life. From, right. a, from a Southlander, sounds like a pretty good idea, is he? To be, like, it sounds like a pretty, you know, sounds like a good idea. I, I was just going to say, isn't the reason they went in Vicargo because of the the Unitech down there, whatever it's called? Is, is yeah. It? So yeah, we've got zero feeds SIT down in Invercargill, but that's not really as important anymore because you get free, fees free first year from any university anyway. So that 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 kind of hat's gone away from it, I think. Right, because that was my thought as to why they're taking it there because you could attract all these students, much like Storm was saying. Oysters. It was an Invergiggle instead of uh, instead of Dunners. Oysters. <laughs> oysters. It's all about hey, the oysters. Get down there, get some, get some oysters. And I'm still waiting, Jimmy Cowan. Give me those oysters, mate. Got a bucket coming from the one and only GC. And I, was, I asked them, chances, Jimmy, come on the show? He blanked me again. He's a hard man to track down, Jimmy Cowan, but I'll continue to pester him.
Oh, so good. Uh, we've got a ton of messages we're going to get through, lads, so we'll shoot off and we'll come through, uh, come back and we'll read a couple of these messages. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back. It's 27 past eight on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Morning, lads. Good to hear Webster, Andrew Webster, Warriors head coach, yesterday talking about the Warriors. I'm liking the fact that for the first time in so long, players from Australian clubs are coming here and getting better rather than the other way around. Aidan Fanua, Blake, Chance, Nickel, Klosdag, Curran, Ford, SJ, Montoya, Dylan Watani, Zalesniak, Dylan Walker, all playing way better than their last few seasons. Ray from Cambridge, sorry to hear about your mate. Izzy, it's pretty much on to something there, Kempi. Yeah. Players from abroad coming back and, and firing. Yeah, look, and I think the signing of Roger on the back of that one too, uh, Ray, will actually excite a few other players that are thinking about coming and playing here underneath Andrew Webster. So uh, look at look at that roster to grow. I think the recruitment this year is really paying dividends for uh, Webby, and it was great to have a chat to him too, talking about you know how important that win was for them against the Bulldogs, and of course taking the four points into the bye. Um, they're coming out against Brisbane next week in great shape. Beautiful. Another one here for you, Kempi. How about all the Aussies, Aussie media going on about other NRL clubs having more injuries than the Warriors? If you think about it and look at the Warriors players missing from last week's Bulldogs game, Jackson Ford starts back row. Brandon Viliami starts centre. Tamaiti Martin starts to stand on Mitch Bartnett at prop. Chaz Tavanga spot. Luke Metcalf back from injury. Uh, Fred Koss, Ed Cossey starting winger. They find something every single time to complain about, don't they, Kempe? Well, that you know, it was really, I thought, an even match uh, on Tuesday when they named the team the Bulldogs, and of course they had a number of players pull out late in the late in the um, the piece here, and of course the Warriors have been doing that all year. You know, they haven't had a chance to pick their best team yet, and and that's the scary part of the Warriors. Come the back end of the year, Mitch Barnett's back, Tamari Martin's back, you got Luke Metcalf playing and getting the time under his belt, and then you're throwing them all in the side and trying to find positions. Uh, it's looking okay, isn't it? So we just want to have at least a few games before the finals come around, if we're in with a shout, where Andrew Webster picks his best side. Beautiful. And just last one for you, Kempi. I have to disagree with you, Kempi. Let the Australian Aboriginal own the Indigenous round. The Aboriginals are miles behind the rights of what the Māori have and need as much as recognition as they can get. If you open up the Indigenous round to Māori, then you got to include the Pacific people as well, as they are all Indigenous people to get their islands as well. Then it turns into Heritage Round. Yep, and uh, I I tend to... sort of understand what you mean around the Heritage Round and that's really good that we take those island um, teams and of course every other every other nation, there's something like 50 odd uh, nations that they recognise through that Heritage Round. The difference with Indigenous, it's better to have Māori standing beside the Aboriginals of Australia and walking together and helping them and, and the people across both Australia and New Zealand understand why Māori are doing so well and what, where the Australians could be. And we've had this conversation before with Ricky Walford, um, the great St George winger, who's mm-hmm. actually the Indigenous uh, manager over in Australia. I don't know whether he still is, but when they spoke to the Māori back in 2008 at that World Cup, 
you're, you're dead right. They could do with a, a hell of a lot of help. And I think when you're isolated like that, it's not really that good for them. So that's my take on it. You can disagree. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. Um, but it's nice to have an opinion, and I just think they've missed a, a, an opportunity here. Beautiful, Ken Pete. Plenty of debate coming through on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Absolutely love it. Off the back fence, Tony Kemp. If you missed that, you can go have a listen to it on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCN app. Coming up, Paulie Moati, and we've got Ivan Vasilich talking football. So plenty left on the show. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Need more data? Check out koganmobile.co.nz for great data savings. Making SENZ news this hour. Fire and Emergency says multiple people are dead following a blaze at a four-storey hostel building in central Wellington overnight. An unknown number of people are still unaccounted for and nearby residents are being told to stay indoors. Adelaide Road is closed with massive delays for commuters in the capital expected. The 24-year-old Mayor of Gore, Ben Bell, will face a vote of no confidence today. Seven out of ten of the elected Gore District Council members have been calling for him to resign. And Northland Police have charged a 25-year-old woman in connection with the homicide investigation in Duakaka involving two children aged one and four. She will appear in Whangarei District Court today. SENZ Radio.NZ Sport next. Izzy and Kempe, powered by Kubota and its range of construction, agriculture and implement machinery. Rugby League searching for a new host for the 2025 World Cup after French organisers had to withdraw citing financial issues and a pullback on government funding. And Anton Leonard-Brown has put pen to paper on a deal that will keep him with New Zealand rugby until the end of 2026. More Inside 30 on SCNZ. All Blacks tickets on sale now at allblacks.com. Be a part of it. Weather brought to you by Crown Forklifts. There's nothing like a new crown, simply the best. Auckland weather, partly cloudy, isolated showers, southwest is a high 17, low 10. Welcome to your official home for the 2023 Rugby World Cup with live commentary of all the big games from September 9 on SENZ. <laughs> It's 8.33 and it's our time for our catch-up with Paulie Mawadi. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. And I've got one thing to say. Paulie Marty, Paulie Mawadi, come to the party. Load up my $50 kicker for Thursday. You in with that? <laughs> Things have really changed, haven't they? <laughs> From Kempi's going to put his hand in his pocket and get, get some money out to... Oh, no, I can't be bothered doing that. <laughs> Would we get it across the line if we don't call it Kempi's Kicker, but we call it the Paulie Mawadi Party? Would that help? <laughs> you're ha- oh, you're gee, welcome to join. Budget, it's not much of a party. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Paulie, I want to ask you a question. Origin, okay? It's uh, it's coming yeah. up. Are the odds out yet? Uh, let's have a little bow peep. Uh, state of Origin, here we go. Game one, Queensland, $2.08. New South Wales, $1.72. 
Oh, okay, okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna break something here, Paulie. While you're on here, we're just gonna toss yeah. a hills and valley cricket bat here because me and Izzy, we're gonna have an Origin competition over the next couple of weeks, and we're gonna get the punters involved. Find them a find them a little giveaway, which you might be able to help us with. And Izzy's gonna choose hills <laughs> or valleys, and then he gets to choose which team he wants because I know which one he wants, and then I'll take the other one. So hills or valley is what do you want? Valleys. Valleys. Here we go. The toss. Oop. Oh, this, what was that? There we go. There we go. I, I got it right. I got it right. Uh, uh, it's hills. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guess what? I'll take Queensland. Do it on the floor. <laughs> Do, Do it, it on, on the floor. floor. Oh, I wanted the noise of the desk. Here, right, here we go. Here, here we go. It's still hills. It's still hills. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, Paulie. Well, I've taken Queensland, and as he's got New South Wales, we're in that. Um, and we'll let you know what's going to happen tomorrow. But what else have you got for us today? Well, I get the feeling whether it was hills or valleys, you were always going to get Queensland. <laughs> it just sounds like that. <laughs> oh, it's rigged, mate. Greg Bean all the way down here. We always get the short end of the stick, don't worry. Oh, yeah. As he goes, like, yeah. As he reckons that I'm in the bunker for the Warriors as well, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> well, sticking with the state of origin, we've got a player um, of the match uh, for the first state of origin. And I'm just having a look down uh, the page. Uh, the favourite, Nathan Cleary at $5.50. Cameron Munster's at six fifty. Um, could you make a case for someone like a Harry Grant at seven fifty, or maybe a, a Daily Cherry Evans at fifteen dollars? What's Caelan Ponga playing? Caelan um, Ponga fifteen. Yeah, get on. That's plenty. What about Damien Cook? Oh, they're at twenty three dollars. Well, there, there you go. We're going to throw that into the mix as well, Paulie, on uh, on this right. Queensland. We're actually going to select a team, Paulie. So me and Izzy, over the next couple of days, he's going to select his New South Wales team, and I'll select my Queensland team. We might actually have a chat after yeah, this cheers, because Kippy. it might be easier for him because I only think he's got Maroon in his eyes. He wouldn't have a clue who's playing for New South Wales. I might take them um, <laughs> off him so that it's a f- bit fairer. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a, a good mashup. Is there anything else, Paulie, before we let you go? Yeah, tomorrow, game one in the Western Conference Finals. The Denver Nuggets host the LA Lakers. The Nuggets are $1.40, the Lakers two eighty five. The game total is at $222.5. Uh, we've got an early payout on that game and also game one of the Eastern Conference. So if your team leads by 12 or more at halftime, we'll pay your head-to-head, your pre-match head-to-head bet out um, early. Uh, and, of course, we've got a same-game claim on both of those games as well. So if you like your same-game multis, uh, get stuck right in there. And, of course, later on this week, the uh, second major of the year will kick off the PGA Championship. Uh, your joint favourites at the moment, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler, both at $8.50. Get on, Murray Cole. Come on, Colin. Hold on, Colin. <laughs> get, get on, Murray Kawa. Hey, uh, Paulie, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. Um, we'll chat more tomorrow. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, that's Paulie Mawadi, the party, giving us his best you, for the day. Is it too early, Paulie? Do you reckon you got your bonus bet? You yeah, you I reckon. Paulie, yeah. are you still there? Is it too early for you to lead us into something we stay off tomorrow? <laughs> I'll leave all that stuff to Izzy. <laughs> Mate, I got a winner last year. I'm your dad. Izzy's your dad, Paulie Mwari. Izzy's your daggy. Don't you worry about that. Thanks, Paulie. <laughs>
See you later. Hey, um, yeah, will I get my bonus bet? Nah, mate, I'm still turning right. I've got plenty more plenty more bridges to build before he starts walking over my one. Uh, you got plenty deep pockets as well, so you'll be fine. You'll be fine <laughs> to go pay some money to all our lovely listeners. Awesome. Okay, I'm New South Wales. You're Queensland. No, don't, don't feel sorry for me, bro. Oh, okay. I hate that. Well, you've got the winning you team, strong. as he says. What all about good. you two? You've gone in hot favourites too in the first one. They just can't get it done, mate. They're soft. They got the wrong coach. Oh, I know they, got, they can't. They get got it no done. belly. They got Fitler. Yeah, that's the problem. They got them in f- <laughs> fizzy, no, mate. They got fizzy Fitler. <laughs> so look, I'll do my best. I'll take I'll take New South Wales, but I'm a Queenslander at heart. And uh, yeah, we'll have a wee comp. Perfect. So what? We just select our team. When are we announcing our teams? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Announce our teams tomorrow because the team comes out this week. It's pretty well picking themselves. I think there's a couple of bowlers, but I'm uh, I'm going to name mine. And then we'll come up with a couple of picks. And, uh, yeah, we'll try and get some people involved with picking the team with us and who they think are going to be. like. I think the man of the match one is always the man of the match one, the Wally Lewis medal, all of those medals and, and bits and pieces, mate, they're well worth a decent dig on. Beautiful. Thank you, Kempi, and great to catch up with Paulie Mwari. We're going to shoot off. We've got Ivan Vasilic talking football when we come back. We're going to talk football. Auckland City FC are New Zealand's representatives at the Oceania Champions League tournament being held in Vanuatu at the moment and had to come from behind to win their first group game against the Solomon uh, Warriors over there in the Solomon Islands. Uh, over there, sorry, um, just lost my thing. Warriors three one tomorrow. They take on Fijian champions Suva FC here to talk about what that all things Auckland City FC is. Eighty eight cap all white, the man they call the Godfather and recipient of the bronze ball at the two thousand and fourteen FIFA Club World Cup. Ivan Vasilich, welcome, Ivan. How you doing, mate? Good, thank you. How are you guys? Yeah, good, thank you. Mate, look, talk to us about, apart from the conditions, it'll be muggy, it'll be humid over there in Vanuatu. What are the challenges facing Auckland City FC? Yeah, look, the conditions are a major part of the uh, of the <laughs> uh, uh, things that we have to face. So uh, it's the first time that we've played in the islands for uh, for a few years now. Obviously, with going through that COVID period, uh, some of the players haven't experienced it before. So, so getting here and having a couple of days acclimatisation was quite short. But um, yeah, we 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 felt that in the first game going down early to a goal so we really had to dig deep to, to come back and win that game and, and and what we learned here is well not learned not all of us some of us sort of relived those moments from the past where you see the quality in the in the players and the uh, opposition come through and, and and they thrive in these conditions that you know they're used to the heat they're very uh, uh, good players and in their environment they're even better so it was very difficult and you know very good for us to get through and get three points. Ivan, FIFA have been putting a lot of uh, resources into, particularly into coaching and development in the uh, in the Pacific Islands and that in the Oceania region. How much better is the competition, the level of competition, than it was say, even five or six years ago? Yeah, look, you can see the improvement. Uh, you know, all credit to Oceania that put together. A, uh, we're in Santo, which is a twenty-minute, thirty-minute flight out of uh, Port Villa at the moment. Uh, the field and the, uh, you know the crowd is about six, seven thousand people there. So. The setup is is, is is very good. Uh, you can see the quality coming through in the, in the games. So look, that that investment is is coming through a little slowly, but you can see it coming through, and uh, you know it's benefit to to what they've been doing. 
Who do you reckon's your biggest threat at the comp? Obviously, the Solomon Warriors uh, gave you a bit of a fright game one. They, you, you might meet them again, the way the competition works. Uh, top two teams out of your group go to the mm-hmm. semi-finals and then a final, so you may play them again. But who, who do you see as your biggest threat? Yeah, look, it's been a full round at the moment. Um, I think the next game is one of the biggest games. So, you know, Super FC is a, a very good side from Fiji. Um, they beat the team that was in the competition last year, Rewa. Uh, you know, they've had a uh, start off with a, a victory in their first round and, you know, a lot of players there are, are quality players. So it's going to be a very big test for us to, to get through this next game. And look, if we can do that, then uh, I think we, we've at least experienced one of the top teams. So going into that next round will be, will be very important. But obviously, you know, we're just fully focused on uh, Super FC and, and what we can do to, to get past them. Hey. Ivan, was was it one of your highlights when you had the tournament standing on that podium with Ramos and um, Cristiano Ronaldo picking up that bronze award? All right, mate, I think you just yeah. cut out briefly. Oh, so, sorry about that. I was just saying, mate, was it one of your highlights yep. of your career when you when you got that bronze awards up there on the on the podium with Ramos and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo? Yeah, look, that's a highlight that. <laughs> That I love to relive. It's a special moment. So, uh, you know, the I mean, look what what we uh, what was great here is that we, we you know and we talked a little bit about that yesterday. We we shot out to a local school here and we had um, some posters of our close friend Brian Celtic, who's doing really well in the A League, and uh, talked a little bit about the progress of of how players from Oceania, including New Zealand, can can make it onto the world stage and. You know, that was that was discussed a little bit briefly, but, you know, right in this moment, Brian Celtic doing well in the A-League, talking to, uh, 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 you know, 20, 30, 40 kids it was from a local school here about the dreams and, and how you got to chase them. And, uh, and and that moment for me was, was something special for the club, obviously, as well. But, uh, you know, these things are great for the, for the future uh, generations to see and, and to hope that they can do it as well. Ivan... What sort of player are you in terms of mementos and, and, and awards? Are you, we hear about some guys that just all goes in the attic, other guys that's on the shelf and you see it as soon as you walk into the house. Where is your bronze award? Is The missus using it as a doorstop? Is it in the attic? Is it on the shelf? Where Where is it? Uh, it's it's somewhere in the house, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> there's, not quite a, uh, there's not quite a museum for it. Uh, actually, it lives very close to my heart, but there's not quite a, a museum on that for it. Look, I have I have maybe one or two things up, but yes, not really. Uh, I guess I get reminded many times from a lot of friends that come over, you know, for a, for a coffee here and there or for a drink that something should be, uh, should be put together, but you know, for me, it, it, it might take time to do that. So at the moment, uh, it's sitting somewhere nicely, but uh, it's not right in the mantelpiece, yeah. Yeah, good stuff, Ivan. Hey, listen, mate, thank you very much uh, for some time. Uh, we're running short of time, so we're going to have to let you go. But uh, best of luck to Auckland City for the rest of the tournament. And uh, hopefully you're playing against uh, Real Madrid at the next uh, Club World Cup, eh? <laughs> Look, the dream's there, mate. The dream's there. We can see what happens. Yeah, no, thanks very much for, for having me on. No worries. The godfather, Ivan Vizilich, uh, assistant coach now at Auckland City FC in Vanuatu for the OFC Champions League. Uh, when we come back here on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, going to catch up with Smithy and find out what's in his, on his show between now and midday.